welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry. So it is the end of August. By now, some of the kiddos should be back in school. If you have uh, older children that have started college, everybody's probably on campus by now and everybody is settling in. If you are a parent of a first semester college student who has gone away, I am sending you so much love right now. I remember that time. Take this time to enjoy some peace. Take this time to pick up a hobby or take this time to rediscover who you are. If you are an empty nester right now, take this time, especially if you are an empty nester and you do human services work. So you are a hands-on parent for so, so long and now you are an empty nester. So you are giving so much of yourself at work and you were giving so much of yourself in your household as a mom or as a dad. And not to say that you are not still giving so much of yourself as a parent because parents, we will give so much of ourselves to our children until the day we close our eyes for the very last time. But if you were a very hands-on parent and had your child in your household and now your child is on a college campus somewhere and you are an empty nester. Welcome to the club, girl. Welcome to the club, brother. Enjoy this time. Pick up a hobby. Redefine what life looks like for you. It's hard in the beginning, but it can be a beautiful, beautiful time in your life. So, That's just my little tidbit for all of our human service professionals who are parents who had a child move on campus this year. And for all of our human service professionals and social workers out there who still have children that are in elementary school or junior high school or high school, your time is coming. But until now, we send you lots of love and support this school year. So as I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast, I'm not only an executive director of an amazing nonprofit organization in North Carolina, but I'm also the owner of a small consulting and coaching business, LC Consulting and Coaching, LLC. And part of that, we focus on assisting nonprofit organizations and human service professionals and social workers who are struggling with burnout, resource depleting behaviors, and also organizations who are concerned that their policies and practices could be perpetuating burnout amongst their employees. Additionally, we do provide support for individuals who want to start a nonprofit organization. So that's how I really, really got started. I started helping individuals start nonprofit organizations because I have so much experience in the nonprofit world and it just kind of took off from there. And recently, we have been getting a lot of inquiries regarding this type of support, which I am super thankful for. So keep it coming. (laughs) So as a result, I've decided to do a five-part series entitled, So You Want to Start and Run a Nonprofit? Do you really? (laughs) Over the next several weeks, we're going to take a deep dive into the nonprofit world and certain areas of the nonprofit world 
and look at different aspects of a nonprofit organization and hopefully answer some of the questions that you're asking yourself before you take that leap. So according to Zipia, there are over 1.5 million nonprofit organizations in the United States and 10 million nonprofits worldwide. In essence, that's 15% of those nonprofits are in the U.S. If it's 10 million nonprofits worldwide, that's about 15% that are right here in the United States. However, the National Center for Charitable Statistics reports that nearly 30% of nonprofit organizations will cease to exist after a decade. So, that number, that 30%, that's a little scary, especially after a decade. There are a lot of misunderstandings about nonprofits that we want to dispel over the next several weeks, such as the belief is that they're not profit driven. While nonprofits earn profits, their main objective is not to seek profits, which sets them apart from for profit businesses. Nonetheless, nonprofits still require funding to pay their staff and to maintain operations effectively. Because guess what? A nonprofit is still a business. So, yes, it's a charitable entity, but it's still a business. Whenever someone contacts LC Consulting and Coaching to start a nonprofit, we always inquire about their interpersonal, business, and genre related knowledge through a series of questions. Like we really want to get to know the individuals that we're going to be working with. You know, we aim to provide our expertise and to assist you throughout the process, but you have to thoroughly research and prepare before this journey of starting a nonprofit. And we'll, we'll ask you, have you really done your footwork? It's not just about like, hey, I want to start a nonprofit. Uh, okay. But have you really, really done your research? Starting and managing a nonprofit organization, it is a challenging task. Mealing having an idea to initiate does not guarantee that you possess the necessary skills to lead it. And I know that might be hard to hear, but you can have an amazing idea to start a nonprofit, but do you have the skill set to see it through? If you lack the required expertise, are you ready to delegate the responsibility to someone who does? Please remember that a nonprofit organization is still a business with financial obligations. And you are going to hear that a lot these next couple weeks. A nonprofit is still a business. IRS Classification Code 501c3 is the code for public charities, the arts, culture, humanity organizations, education organizations, healthcare organizations, and my personal favorite, human service organizations. And other types of organizations also fall under here where tax-deductible donations can be made. For the sake of the next several weeks, we will focus on IRS Classification Code 501c3, Public Charities, Human Service Organizations. 
So I need you to grab your notebook because over the next several weeks, I'm going to be giving you a lot of good information for you to be jotting down. And as always, all of our information is in the show notes. So if something resonates with you, and you are out here thinking about starting a nonprofit, you know, shoot us an email. We would be more than happy to have a conversation with you and support you along your journey. So as you are thinking of starting a nonprofit organization, it is important to know your why. Why do you want to start a nonprofit organization? Out of all of the clients that have come to us over the past year or so, and all of the data that I have collected, These are the top five whys. I think I've just become this data-driven person after getting my PhD because data is a huge part of getting your PhD. Like you have to know data, quantitative or qualitative or both quantitative and qualitative. So it's important for me to know data. And in my daytime life as an executive director, I need to know data. I need to know data in order to write grants. If someone wants to give me money, but in order to give me money, they want a story, but I also need to quantify that story. So I collect my own data for my own personal business as well. So I'm gonna give you some whys. So you might wanna grab your notebook and take some notes because these are the whys that have come up over the past year, maybe a little longer than a year of all of the clients. This is a combination of all of the whys that we have seen here at LC Consulting and Coaching of why individuals wanted to start a nonprofit organization. You know, knowing your why before you start, any organizational documentation is crucial. Thinking about who will sit on your board, your articles of incorporation, etc. I know, and if that just went over your head, like, don't worry, stick around over the next few weeks. It'll all make sense, I promise. But your why? Why do you want to start a nonprofit organization? Now, if you want to start a nonprofit organization just to say you got a nonprofit organization, sis, bruh, wrong answer. So, These are some of the top reasons why the organizations that we've supported over the past year or so, it's a little longer than a year. These are some of the top reasons why, and these are poignant reasons why individuals start nonprofit organization, not just individuals or groups of people start nonprofit organization. The first one is to address unmet needs. Nonprofit organiz- nonprofits frequently step in to provide services not adequately addressed by government or for-profit sectors. These organizations prioritize issues that may not be profitable, but are crucial for communities' overall health and safety. So it's important here that if you are starting a nonprofit organization and you're trying to get to your why, know your community, know the community that you are wanting to start this nonprofit organization in, know how many of the same services or lack thereof already exist within this community and know who your partners are or could be. 
You cannot be in your community and think that you can be the is all to everybody. Like, listen, hear me when I say you do not have to be everything to everybody. Just be the right thing to somebody who needs you and to somebody's who need you. Although it is essential as a nonprofit that you always, always, always stay away from politics, hear me when I say you can personally have your views on politics, who you choose to support in political elections, but keep it out the business of your nonprofit. With that said, a lot of whys, W-H-Y, for nonprofit organizations is to advocate and raise awareness around your focus area. If you want to start a nonprofit around providing support for individuals who are returning to your area after a period of incarceration or after or if you want to provide services for individuals who have a high propensity of recidivating. You can advocate for changing laws in your community, changing laws in your city, changing laws in your state around mandatory minimums or around different things that hinder or that perpetuate individuals to recidivate. As a responsible member of society or your community, it is incumbent of you to bring attention to a significant social, environmental, and communal concerns. For example, right now in my daytime life, there is not enough funding funneling down for domestic violence and sexual assault. There is a lot of funding becoming available for human trafficking, which is amazing because North Carolina is one of those states that has a very high propensity of human trafficking. But we can't forget about domestic violence. We can't forget about sexual assault. But that's not the direction that funding is going. It is our job as domestic violence, sexual assault service providers to bring this to the level of our governors, bring this to the level of our city council. It is our job to bring this awareness like, hey, don't forget about us. You can make a difference by promoting policy amendments and persuading the public to support these changes. Get people on board to support your cause, advocate, raise awareness around the area of focus for your nonprofit. With your efforts, you can inspire positive change by exerting pressure on those in power to take action, but be careful to not make it political. It's important for this area that you know your city officials, you know your city council, you know your aldermen, which are similar to city council members, and what their priorities are for the community. When I lived in D.C., every city council member had what their priorities were or what they 
were passionate about. Find out what your city council members are passionate about. Find out what your aldermen are passionate about. And if they are passionate about what your nonprofit's focus is, that's who you want at the table with you. But ensure that when it's time for re-election, you kindly let them know like, hey, we're bipartisan. We can't, you know, we can't get, can't make this political. We are focused on raising awareness for this issue, but we can't like put your sign out in the yard of our offices or put it in the office door. Like you can't go there. Also, you can bring the attention to the issues that are important to other organizations that are similar in mission and work. That's why it's also important to know what organizations that are in your neighborhood or in your community are focused on the same thing because there's power in numbers. So you can sign on to a same letter to evoke change on the affordable housing or to get better mental health services into a community. Not saying that your single letter won't make an impact, but there's power in numbers. The next one is a why. Enhance the social welfare of a community. You know, enhance the living standards of marginalized and vulnerable communities. Offer crucial resources such as food, aid, medical care, education, and housing to individuals who require assistance. This is a why. Know your community. Know your demographic. Know what they are lacking. You have to know your why if you want to start a nonprofit. The next one is preserve culture. Numerous nonprofit organizations prioritize the preservation of culture and heritage, traditions, arts that commercial entities may disregard. This contributes to the maintenance of diversity and abundance of human culture. The next is civic engagement. Nonprofit organizations promote active citizenship and participation by involving people in volunteer work, community initiatives, and advocacy. So if you are advocating for something, get your volunteers to go and y'all go lobby down at the city hall and evoke some change at the city level. Because when you evoke change at the city level, it can go up. So that's what you get your volunteers to do. When before I moved to North Carolina, I worked at a nonprofit in the district and it was an affordable housing nonprofit and affordable housing was that was our priority. So every year we did a big rally and it was housing for all because Washington, D.C. housing is crazy. And I haven't lived there now since 2019. And I'm pretty sure it hasn't gotten any cheaper. But every year there was a rally and it was housing for all. And it's not just housing, but it's affordable housing, you know, and that's a big push. But affordable housing is an issue everywhere. Right now, where I work right now, affordable housing is such a huge issue. And I work in a rural area in North Carolina and affordable housing um, is still an issue. So let's recap. 
the why. You got to know your why. Before you do anything else, before you put together a board, before you kind of sit down and start working on articles of incorporation, and don't worry about it, I got you. We're going to get there. You got to know your why. Why do I want to start a nonprofit? Again, if you want to start a nonprofit for some kind of clout or recognition, eh, wrong. But if you want to start a nonprofit to address an unmet need in your community, let's do it. If you want to start a nonprofit to advocate and raise awareness around an area that you are passionate about, let's do it. If you want to start a nonprofit to enhance the social welfare of a community, let's do it. If you want to start a nonprofit to preserve culture, let's do it. If you want to start a nonprofit to engage civic engagement amongst your community, let's do it. Know your why. Because see, your why means that that's what you are passionate about. That's what gets you going. No matter what motivates you, nonprofits typically aim to serve and help people by providing a space for them to receive support and assistance. And guess what? If you choose to partner with us, We prioritize creating a solid foundation. And when I say us, I mean LC Consulting and Coaching. We prioritize creating a solid foundation that puts the well-being and needs of staff first. Because those are the people that are going to do the work. Not saying that you as the executive director or you as the CEO, not saying that you're not going to do the work. Because honey, baby, trust, you're going to do some work. But it's your frontline folks that are going to be in the trenches with you as well. You know, at LC Consulting and Coaching, our top priority is ensuring legally and ethically that your practices are in place while preventing burnout and prioritizing radical self-care. With this foundation in place, we can work together to build your organization from a healthy and sustainable starting point. If you're going to start a nonprofit, you want to start it from a healthy place. You don't want to put it together with office tape and Elmer's glue. You want to start on a solid, healthy, sustainable foundation that resists burnout and facilitates radical self-care for everybody from the top down. So this is the kickoff of, so you want to start a nonprofit? (laughs) Do you really? So I hope you will join us next week where we're going to dig in a little bit more about this. So remember, radical self-care is health care and kindness is free. So y'all do me a favor and be kind to somebody. Please just be nice. Be kind. I love you so much for listening. And until next time, be good to yourself and others. Bye. Bye.